Hello, it is Friday, October 25th, 2019. Coming to you live from a plane that is flying 750 fucking miles an hour. Fastest bird in the sky. Coming home from Houston. Back to Indianapolis. Big SMU win. It was a great game. SMU gets a big win for the city of Dallas. Just had a tornado that had $2 billion worth of damage done. Moved to 8-0. University of Houston team. Hurt team. Red shirt and star players. Going to have a monster of a team next year. Fought like hell. Made it a game. Dana Holkerson is building a good team down there. I got a lot of faith in him, actually, after getting a chance to chat with him. I didn't talk to him much when he was a coach of West Virginia. Now that he's in Houston, we've had two of his games. He's been incredibly hospitable. I think they're going to be good next year. But SMU's good right now. Undefeated. It's good shit. Also good shit. SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of this app. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. Zito also echoed the sentiment of the moon, but he's too far away inside this plane to be heard at the moment. You might have heard the ha-ha in the background. You'll be making the same ha-ha, a sound of happiness whenever you decide to buy tickets from our friends at SeatGeek. They scan all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best tickets for the best value. Sports, concerts, plays, comedians, you name it. If it's a live event, SeatGeek's got the best tickets for it. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek. Right now, promo code PAT, get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, get $20 off your first order. Holy shit. A little self-awareness. If you're rich, use Pat, get $10 off. If you're not rich yet, use McAfee, get $20 off. We need both those things to keep going. A little self-awareness will help us all, team. We had a hell of a fucking week. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, Super Bowl champ from LSU, Pittsburgh Steeler, Giant, Redskin, you name it, ESPN Electric Factory, <laughs> Ryan Clark. Here we go. <laughs> hey, man. Bro, first off, bro, I'm extremely excited to do this. I just want to say, bro, you are killing it. I'll be honest. When 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 a specialist who was actually phenomenal decides to end his career early when you guys could play 27 years, <laughs> you know, and decides to get into this business, man, and do what you're doing, you're kind of skeptical. But from a entertainment standpoint, from an understanding of the game, from the way that you communicated with us, Listen, bro, I watched UCLA Stanford because you were on there. So I just want to say, man, you're doing a real good job, bro. Ryan, I'm excited to be here, man. Hey, that means a lot because I'm a big fan of yours as well. So I, <laughs> I could literally talk about I literally just said it. Whenever you come on the screen at our office, everybody stops and we turn it up. A lot of Pittsburgh people, so we're big fans of you from there. But also, when you speak, it's magical. Not a lot of humans get on TV and do good stuff. You do that. With that being Appreciate said. Appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem. You're awesome. Especially as an undrafted free agent guy, you had to earn everything. So I respect the hell out of that. That's real. Um, speaking of earning everything right now, Tom Brady, for some reason, there's this thought now. Adam Schefter brought this out into the world that this is his last year as a Patriot. He's either going to retire or go to another team. Schefter said it's the least likely option of the three is that he stays with the New England Patriots. How do you feel about this in the fact that the entire TB12 treatment is that you can play forever? I don't think he's retiring. I think there's a chance he goes somewhere else. Well, I think here's the, here's the, the thing, right? 
when Shefty reports something, we take it as fact, yep. right? So Shefty is he's transactional, and so the the hard part here is this is a little bit of Shefty reading the tea leaves. He's saying, okay, he's selling his house. His trainer's selling his house. Now, you know and I know this is really just like rich people stuff, <laughs> right? Rich people, rich people do stuff like this. You're like, okay, look, my house is really big. It's in New England. People ain't really, you know, buying stuff like this. Let me put it on the market now. And if I am back here next year, guess what? My wife's a gazillionaire. I got buku money. We could find somewhere else to live for a year or two and everybody could be happy it'll have 16 rooms we all good either way that's the first thing now secondly he's faced with his football mortality we all have heard the rumors that he wanted jimmy g out because he didn't want to be replaced and bill belichick didn't like that but mr Kraft did it we're watching his play not be the same he's not the same tom brady remember it used to be that tom brady could take me at receiver you at receiver, one of your homeboys who are over there running the podcast, and y'all could win the Super Bowl. It ain't that no more. And so I think he's starting to feel some of these things. And you, I was listening to him talk to Randy Moss, and he said, you know, I talked to my 12-year-old. He said, it's whatever you want to do, Dad. Then I talked to my wife, and she was like, well, you know my answer. I think there is starting to be some pressure, and it's not like going home and your wife you know, she met you and you were already a millionaire and you made her life better. It's like, nah, she actually made your life better. And so I think all of those things combined make it so that he understands that this is a year to year basis. His contract is done on a year to year basis. And I believe that he's preparing for anything. But I'll never just say, OK, this means that Tom Brady's out of New England or Tom Brady's out of football. Tom vs. Time was an interesting peek into that dude's life, man, on Facebook. I mean, it really was. Facebook does a lot of things wrong. That Tom vs. Time thing, it was an interesting, <laughs> interesting look into an alien that plays quarterback for the New England Patriots. I mean, that's a real right. thing. Let's move forward. Drew Brees is thinking about coming back early. You went to LSU. I'm not sure your ties mm. to Louisiana or your knowledge with the Saints or anything like that. You have a big mm. football brain, so I'm assuming you know. If you're Drew mm. Brees, aside from the fact that you have records that you want to get, why would you come yeah. back a week before? bye week and not get this two extra weeks of rest on your thumb while Teddy Bridgewater's balling out for the Saints. Well, so it's funny. I live in Baton Rouge, so I'm an hour away from New Orleans. Um, I have a family full of New Orleans Saints fans. Drew Brees isn't just the quarterback of the Saints here. Drew Brees is God. They they talk about Drew. They say some things about Drew Brees here, and I'm like, y'all got to be out your mind. I dang there don't want y'all in my family no more. If you feel this way about a real life human man who's never been the MVP, let's just get that out there. Never once in his life did we say his peers, the 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 writers say that he was better than every other player in the game. Never, not one time. Let's get that straight. Um, but the way he's treated here and revered, it is very similar to what Tom Brady's looked like and uh, looked at as in New England. And so now you have Teddy Bridgewater 5-0 and on a team that until this year had never won a game during Drew Brees' tenure where he wasn't there. Sean Payton had never coached a game without Drew Brees where he won. Now you win five of them and you beat some teams that you weren't supposed to beat. When Teddy Bridgewater steps in against the Rams, you say to yourself, if this team can go 500 and get Drew Brees back yep. after the bye, now Drew Brees can work some miracle magic and they can get to the playoffs. They don't need miracle magic. They just need Drew Brees to be Teddy Bridgewater. And so I think that part of that, part of that ego, part of that what's involved 
is making him want to come back a little bit early because they can beat the Cardinals with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Now you get that week, you get a bye week, and you get to come back in against a divisional uh, opponent completely healthy and ready to roll through the stretch run. So to me, the only thing that could rush you back is ego and not understanding or, or the big picture not really being your goal because the big picture should be to win the Super Bowl. And to win the Super Bowl, you want to be as healthy as possible. So this is a strange, strange move to me unless it is a very a move that is selfishly led by your ambitions and your ego instead of saying, okay, what's best for this team? So interesting. That's kind of been a theme of today's show is like you have to remember that these are humans with real emotions, yes. real feelings, real egos, no matter what level they're at. There's egos on everybody. There's pride on everybody. It That would be – I mean, it was very interesting when I saw he was going to come back. I'm like, just take two weeks, dude. Just – Go ahead and make more videos of you throwing in the practice facility just for two more weeks <laughs> and then come back incredibly healthy. Teddy Bridgewater's stock is going through the roof. Um, I want to ask you about this because this is something I think only people in the locker room would understand. John Elway, whenever he traded Emmanuel Sanders, said that the locker room would understand why he was traded. There's a standard here. Something happened after the Titans game. That is going to leak at some point. Somebody's going right. to leak what happened after the Titans game at some point. He said something happened. They said, would you like to expand? He said, no, I'm not going to talk about it. It's like, well, that's going to come out at some point. And it wasn't obviously a big enough deal for John Lynch to say, no, I'm not going to take him. What do you think could potentially happen there? And is Emmanuel Sanders going to help out the Niners offense immensely, or is this just a good move for everybody? Yeah, you know what? I really don't know. Obviously, the Broncos aren't very good, yeah. you know, so I know that's part of it. Emmanuel Sanders wants to win football games, and obviously when you bring in a guy like Joe Flacco, you're not really focused on the forward pass in the way that you should be. <laughs> and so I think that that was probably part of it as well, and maybe Emmanuel lashed out. Listen, if you're on a team and the best player in football goes down, and you know that they're not good defensively, you know that they don't necessarily possess a great running game, and you're beaten by Matt Moore, if you're a competitor, you're going to be pissed off. And so I'm not, I can't necessarily speak for Emmanuel. I haven't spoke to him. Obviously, I know him well. I haven't spoken to him. So I don't know what happened. Um, I do think as well when a GM, when a Hall of Famer, someone who is as great in this game as John Elway says something like, the team will know why, and kind of hints towards something happening, I don't like that. Me like, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna talk about what went on, talk about what went on. If you're not, say you made a business move. You know why? Because I'm one of the greatest to ever play this game. I got a gold jacket I ain't paid for. Stop asking me questions. Because you can do that. You can stay away from those things. And so, you look at what he can add to the San Francisco 49ers. I think he's a much needed piece. Uh, you have Goodwin, who's outside as a speed guy. Pettis has been more inside, run up to the catch. Obviously, George Kittle at tight end is the biggest receiving target on that team. Now you had a guy who's been a number one. He may be on the, the end stage of his, of his career, but we've seen he could still be explosive. Had a double-digit receiving game this year already. And so a guy like that, you add him with Kyle Shanahan, he's going to find ways to scheme him open and give Jimmy G opportunities to get the ball to him. You also look at the San Francisco 49ers team. They're not winning because they're explosive in the pass game. Um, you know, Jimmy G's biggest hits were probably with people he's taking on dates not necessarily people that uh he's thrown the ball to on the football field and so for him he needs something extra if this team is going to take a step and actually contend once it gets to the playoffs this passing game has to be better uh eventually somebody's going to be able to block them not very well probably but somebody's going to be able to block them and score points if you play the packers if you play 
the the New Orleans Saints. If you get into those games against some of these better teams, the Minnesota Vikings, you're going to have to be able to throw the ball. And I think John Lynch, I think Kyle Shanahan understand this. And aside from slapping Vic Fangio, I guess they feel like no matter what Emmanuel Sanders did in the locker room, it's worth taking him on and having a quality receiver. It was so interesting. It seemed petty to me from Elway whenever he said that. I mean, that it's just, 100% petty. It was it was just a situation that you wouldn't think John Elway would do, and then you see it, you're like, oh, come on, John. You're John Elway. Like, that doesn't need to happen. But, Pat, Pat, wouldn't you also want to take off, uh, take the spotlight off of your quarterback decisions? Right? Like, you don't, you don't want people actually... You don't want people actually diving in to what you have done at the position on the team you run, right, that, that you play. Because aside from Peyton Manning falling into his lap um, and, and those guys having a great defense that take them to a Super Bowl, this position for this team has been a mess, right? He, he's gone from quarterback to quarterback, free agent to drafted to moving up. And, you know, you get Paxton Lynch and then you, you bring over Case Keenum and you try to sign Brock Osweiler. He leaves. You bring him back. Like, all of these things have been debacles. This has been a total failure at this position for John Elway. And so if I was him, I'd be saying stuff about other things, too. Oh, yeah, we are terrible at quarterback. I made bad decisions. But, boy, that Emmanuel Sanders cannot behave like that. <laughs> oh, well, what did he do, John? You know, I don't want to talk about those things. You can understand. Yeah, because you don't want us to talk about Joe Flacco. <laughs> uh, imagine he comes out next time. A uh, plane broke down uh, just outside. the uh, Like just everything that could potentially distract from the thought that that quarterback position has not been great under a quarterback's guidance, which is very interesting. Um, I, I loved what you said about the Colts. It feels like you're getting on board with the Colts, and I've been saying this for a long time. They have the pieces. They have an yep. offensive line. They have a defense. Jacoby Brissett is a baller. Nobody's really mm -hmm. giving him credit. They have the pieces to make a deep run. Seeing you say that on television, literally, anytime you come on television or office, everybody stops to listen to it. Listening to you do that, I was pretty pumped up about it because it made me feel like a smarter person. But it's real. I think it's a real yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. They have the pieces to make a run right now. Yeah, you you were a little earlier on it um, than I was. I'm in the um, city. I kind of yeah, had to wait to, to see some different things. I think you get nervous when you have a huge win against Kansas City, but the Oakland Raiders beat you at home. Yeah, you know, so 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 those type of things don't necessarily continue to build comp confidence. Actually, you know, it's like it's up and down. But when you watch the pieces that have been assembled, when you see a team that is so good up front, a team that can not only protect but create running lanes for Marlon Mack and for that running game, and now you know you can control the ball, which is huge. Um, I also think it helps is when you come into this season and you're looking at the New England Patriots, the first thing you think is what type of quarterback does a team have to have in order to beat them? And you look at the Deshaun Watsons, you look at the Patrick Mahomes, and then you look at the schedule and you say, okay, there has been one quarterback and one team that's beaten, that's beaten both of those guys. And that team is the Indianapolis Colts. And so looking at that, understanding the way that they could play offense, they could protect Jacoby Brissett. Also, the skill set and talent that Jacoby Brissett possesses. Nobody's talking, you know, we're talking about Russell Wilson and his touchdown interception ratio. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Look, this guy's 14 and three, you know, and his touchdown interception ratio, like that's, Damn you know, good. we're talking about this guy in a different, a different way if we're not looking at the outside things and thinking of him as Andrew Luck's backup. This is a, a real team. This is a team that has the guidance of a great head coach and, they're built in a way that if you go down the stretch and you have to go on the road and win a game in Foxborough, you can do that. You have a head coach who believes 
in what he's put in place and can do that. And so for me, this team is a true contender and we'll see a little bit more about the New England Patriots and what they really are over the next six weeks. I, I think the reason why I was on it so early is because being on the team for so long, it was very mm. obvious to know what we were missing. Like, okay, this is what we're missing to be you. a team, right? This is what we're missing for when every time we go into Foxborough, we just get slaughtered. Now, granted, the Colts are a young team, so they're going to have dumb yeah. situations like the Raiders. They're probably going to lose another one this season where everybody's like, what the hell are you doing? Jacoby's mm. only like a second-year quarterback anyways. He's young. Nobody talks about him that way. But whenever you said it, made me feel real good, Ryan Clark. we got to get to a break. <laughs> I am so thankful that you joined us, man. You're incredible on the mic. I hope you come back soon. I appreciate you so much. Check him out on ESPN. Do you have any podcasts or anything, or are you just going television? You know what, man? I'm going to have my, uh, my first one. It's going to be in two weeks, man. I'm going to start with my own. Uh, and it would be pretty fun. I'd like to have you on one time, man, if you get some time. Would love to. I can't wait to see it. You're going to do incredible, just like you did in football and in television. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Clark. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, brother. Have a great day. <laughs> That's good. Something funny, Ty? Yeah. It's a great interview. Hilarious. Uh, I have no idea what just played. Uh but I thought maybe we were all laughing at that time. I wanted to laugh with you. That's neither here nor there because today our show is brought to you by the good people at the Thursday Boot Company, a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Wow. 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 Uh, we're fucking slapping. It's very late right now. And we might be literally, we might be flying past fucking SpaceX, Elon Musk. I think we cracked 800 miles an hour on this plane. This is unbelievable right now. I don't know how our body is just handling this. I don't know if I'm supposed to feel like I'm a soft, but I feel like my body should be like combusting at this speed. And it's, uh, it's pretty impressive that the Thursday Boot Company has the lowest markups in footwear history. Wow. wow. No, we're not doing it again. We're not doing it. We get lost out there. Thursday Boots tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining and gold standard Goodyear welt construction, just like the legacy brands that charge 400 plus for similar styles. But Thursday Boot Company sells their boots prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. Can't breathe out of my nose. Almost passed out reading that last sentence there. But it's also shocking how alarming their discounts are over everybody else. Because of the great designs, quality, and great value, Thursday Boot Company has been featured in all the best fashion press. From Esquire and GQ to Cosmopolitan and Vogue, and more importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. It's a lot of fucking five-star reviews. It takes a lot to give a five-star review. That's true, because you got to go out of your way to give a five-star review. Like, if you're listening to a podcast and you think it's above average, and maybe not every show is great, but a lot of them are damn good, like, you give it a five-star review. It's very nice of you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 20,000-plus did that for the Thursday Boot Company. 
With prices starting at $149 and free shipping and returns, Thursday boots are the best buy this winter. And with their clean, timeless design and durability, Thursday boots will keep you standing confident for years to come. While they don't do sales or discounts, head on over to thursdayboots.com and get free shipping and returns. Give them a try and you'll have a pair in your doorstep before next Thursday. Holy shit. That's thursdayboots.com. T-H-U-R-S-D-A-Y-B-O-O-T-S.com to get your pair today. What else happened this week? I'm also a big-time fan of the Indianapolis Colts. I've said that the Indianapolis Colts are going to win the Super Bowl. I said that because the team that Chris Ballard has built around the quarterback position... He's very good this year. So when Andrew Luck retired, everybody's hearts were broken in Colts Nation. They're like, no, we finally got a good team. We finally have a team that can win things. Jacoby Brissett has stepped up and balled out. And a key member of the defensive side of the Indianapolis Colts, a man who was the rookie of the year last year, a man who was an all-pro but somehow didn't get voted in the Pro Bowl, a Q-Dog from South Carolina State, number 53, the maniac, Darius Leonard, joins us right now. Oh, look at the shirt! <laughs> look at the shirt! <laughs> He's, he's wearing a for the brand shirt. I appreciate him. You just got out of meetings. How does the team feel after that massive victory against the Houston Texans in the AFC South? Um, definitely feels good, man. Definitely to get a win, especially the divisional game win. So we all feeling great, man. Looking forward to the next opponent now. You look like a real athlete on that pick to call game there at the end. That thing kind of just showed up in your hands, and then you wanted to go run with that thing. I mean, you go down immediately. The game's over. Everybody knows that. I'm assuming people are yelling at you to go down. Before you go down, though, you do a Roman Reigns fist. <laughs> Kenny Stills through the earth. Walk me through that last play. Oh, man, um, Coach got up a great defensive play, and um, I saw the ball as soon as it was tipped. I know I was in a – Great position to make a play on it once I felt like I had possession of it. And we always talking about score on defense. And I got up, and I know I had one man to beat, and I know I got long arms, so I went with a stiff arm. And after I got done with the stiff arm, man, I looked by the sideline. I see the whole sideline jumping up saying, get down. <laughs> like, right, it's over where I got down. <laughs> uh, it was great to have you back uh, in the lineup. You missed a couple weeks with uh, uh, concussion injury. Now you're back. The team did well whenever you weren't in. So everybody knew that when you got back in, the team was only going to get better. What did you learn from having to watch the Colts at home? Um, how great our team is, you know. Um, we always talk about the next man up mentality. You know, we're we're very focused on on the game plan, and it shows no matter who's in the game or who's out the game. The next guy in will come up and do that one eleven just to hold down hold down the team because you know you don't want anybody to to fail. So when they get in there, you know they everybody trustworthy, and that's what it shows that what kind of team we have. Why is Frank Reich such a good head coach? Nobody knew. He had never been a head coach before, right? So we had no idea what was going to happen. I think now the Philadelphia Eagles fans are realizing how important Frank Reich was to that organization. And now Colts fans are like, thank God this guy is back. He was once going to be a priest or something. I mean, he's, he has an incredible story. He seems to be an incredible leader of men. What makes him a good coach, though? What makes him relate to guys like you, guys like Quentin Nelson? Like, What makes Frank Reich such a good head coach? Um, for one, he's a former player, so he knows how the game goes. And for two, man, he cares. Um, that's the biggest thing. He cares about his players, and to see how much he goes for it on fourth down to show how much he believes in the believe in um in the locker room, believes in his players. So 
if you got a coach who trusts in you, believes in you, it's making it so much easier to go out and have fun and play for that coach. So is that how you guys react whenever you see him go for it on yeah. fourth? We love it, man. We, we love it when he go for it. I mean, it shows that he believes in us. And if he believes in us, that means we can go out and execute the game plan with no worries. Because if you got a coach that's saying, okay, I believe in this guy, and go out and make a play, you don't have to be scared or timid to go out there and say, okay, I can't mess up. He's a coach that, I mean, for one, he says when he mess up, he's not afraid to say, hey, that was a bad call. I did this wrong. And having a guy like that as the head man, you know, it's always great. That's so interesting because the defense could be on the wrong side of that if you don't pick up the fourth down conversion. But instead, on the flip side, you see a head coach that's willing to go for it and bet on his guys. That has to lift up everybody. Oh, yeah, man. Even even though if we don't get it, I mean, the defense is pumped. I mean, we want it in our hands. We want the offense to go for it. We want the defense to come out. We want to stop them. If it's at midfield or whatever, we always talk about sudden change. If the ball on a three-yard line, we're going to get a three-and-out takeaway, make them, make them kick a field goal, and we're going to block the field goal. I mean, that's that's the mentality that we have as a defense. So it feels as if that building is a an incredible place to work, a good work environment. What are practices oh, yeah. like now? All I see is videos of you dancing from practice. All I see is videos of T.Y. Hilton having a good time. I feel like the Colts are a very fun place to be right now. It is, man. But like I said, it starts at the head man. I mean, when the head man can allow us to be ourselves, you don't have to be in the shell. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, everybody's comfortable, you know, going out, doing that job and having fun. And, you know, the biggest thing about playing the game, you got to have fun with it. And, a coach have fun with it, and every single player goes out each and every day and have fun. And ever since Coach Frank got the got juice shirts last year, everybody wanted to bring the juice. Everybody wanted to bring the energy. And me being a guy who loves to have fun, loves bringing energy, I'm, I just love being being with the coach. Well, I mean, you're a leader on the team and only your second year. That is very difficult to do, especially at a linebacker position where you're banging a lot. You're making a lot of plays. You have been an instant impact maker for a Colts team that is everybody is sleeping on. Everybody's sleeping on them. When I go on television and I start yelling in the cameras about me being, <laughs> I, I'm picking the Colts, it feels like everybody is like waiting for me to say I'm joking. It, it, it's a real, inside that locker room, how good does it feel to know that not not a single soul outside of Indianapolis has any belief or faith in the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, we love it, man. You know, we love being an underdog because I mean, that makes us just fight day in, day in and day out. I mean, we love being an underdog. We go in like that Kansas City game. We saw where nobody picked us to win. I mean, we, we love that. We love coming in as an underdog. We love stepping up to a challenge, and it proves week in, week out. You're a big time WWE fan. I didn't know that till recently. Did you enjoy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you enjoy Friday Night SmackDown? Did they take care of you? Oh yeah, they did, man. I, I was I was kind of upset when they tried to jump my dog Roman, so I almost jumped. They <laughs> tried to jump him out, so I had to, I had to control myself a little bit. <laughs> How long you been a WWE fan? All my life, man. It's uh, me, and my, me and my brother always grew up just watching it. They um Monday, Tuesday, even when ECW was on Wednesdays, Friday Night SmackDown. So kind of grew up my whole life watching it. You know what's interesting is football. I think there's a lot more football players that are fans than people really think about it because you're a gladiator out there performing on a stage, and I I enjoy the way you play. I enjoy your celebrations. You think some of that comes from your WWE fanhood background? Oh yeah, because I mean, especially watching when I grew up watching DX, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, they always celebrated. You know, so it's always fun to kind of have a signature move like like they do. So it's definitely going out having fun and then doing crazy stuff. I mean, 
that's, I mean, I see it all, all the time on TV. So, I mean, I, I enjoy doing it. I'll tell you what, you're going to get quite a fine, but if you drop a suck it on somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your work day, man. Keep dominating. Keep crushing. You're fun to watch. Welcome back. Happy or healthy. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Leonard. Thank you, man. No problem. Thank you. Cheers, dude. He's a player. Yeah. Hey, he is a player. He's long. Long. That stiff arm, old buddy tried to touch. He, he literally was just throwing another human down to the ground. That was an insane situation. And he was towering over Roman Reigns in that picture they took together. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a freak athlete, too. And uh, the fact he was a fourth-round draft pick, and everybody said that Chris Ballard was a dumb-dumb. Chris Ballard was a dumb-dumb. Took an offensive guard at number six. Stupid. Took this no-name linebacker from South Carolina State in the fourth round. Stupid. <laughs> They gave him like a D or something. Some some scouting or grading people gave him like a D or whatever on the draft. Two all pros. Two all pros right there. It automatically as rookies. What's up, Diggs? Second round draft pick. Darius Leonard was? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I was completely wrong there. I had no idea. <laughs> that's, why, that's why they were so that's why they they were so ma- not mad, but like that's why they graded it like that. Because he was a guy who went higher. Oh, he was. He was a thirty six pick. Of course, I know this team. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that might be why. That might, might, uh, that's tough. He's that's got a, a chip, tough look for chip me. Chip on his shoulder like a fourth round pick. But it is really well. Fourth round pick is still a good spot to be <laughs> in. But the the thought that he got Chris Ballard got demolished for this. I would like to hear Chris Ballard break down like the scouting thing of this. I mean, we're looking at his uh, stiff arm right here on the picture. It is a right cross <laughs> to this dude's head, which I would assume is a penalty. I would assume that he probably should have got flagged for that because. Oh, poor guy is sideways. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the most vicious stiff arms I've seen. They said Quentin Nelson in the, in, as a fullback is going to happen a little bit more often. Oh. By the way, the, the, the only thing that's tough, because when you see Quentin Nelson run down the field, I literally had this thought like a week or two ago. I'm like, man, that guy can move. That guy can really move. Normally, big guys like that can't move. The last time you really see big guy move like that was almost the fridge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Way back in the day with oh, the Bears, yeah. the fridge who could move. And I, I literally had the thought where I was like, man, I wish he almost played D-line because I think you could put him in on offense. And then all of a sudden, a couple weeks later here, we got to run a fullback. The only problem with that is you take the best offensive yeah. lineman potentially in the game off of the offensive line in a goal line situation as a coach. You're going to look bad if that doesn't work out. It's like, oh, you want to get cute, take the offensive line off the offensive line. But if Quentin Nelson scores a touchdown, that ball might explode. (laughs) That ball might explode if he catches. Now, granted, he was the other route in that Ebron catch was Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson almost got open, had a guy covering him. He stumbled because he turned to look where the ball was going, probably because he wanted to chase it because that's what he does every time. But at some point, Quentin Nelson's going to score a touchdown, and that ball is going to get popped. And I cannot wait for that. He might tear the thing in half like it's a damn phone book. <laughs> Outside of Indianapolis. And I said to Darius Leonard, I meant it because, and it might not be humans outside who have uh, high football IQs or whatever, mm-hmm. but in those production meetings with people around those big media outlets, whenever you talk about the Colts like doing it, everybody's like, oh, let's slow down. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. It's like, no, no, that's what we're supposed to do on television. That's what you guys do every single day. And I want to let you know, I might be ahead of you guys. I'm not getting ahead of myself. This Colts team is the truth. And that guy is one of the main reasons why. And when you listen to these other shows, like all, all these other talking heads, when the Colts come up, they're like, yeah, yeah, they're a nice story, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to win. And then that's, they just move forward. Yes, correct. And then they just move forward. The entire story was Deshaun Watson losing that mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. 
and not the Colts defense winning that game or the Colts offense winning that game. And for us, it's good for business because whenever they're in the Super Bowl and they're late in the playoffs, first year doing this with a national show, look like geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> look like geniuses. By the way, starting at noon, if you're in Indiana, we're going to have 25 to 1 odds on FanDuel.com forward slash McAfee for the Colts just to make the playoffs. You won't find those odds anywhere else. FanDuel.com forward slash McAfee. If you're in Indiana and you have the FanDuel app, which you should be getting at FanDuel.com forward slash McAfee, we will have 25 to 1 odds. Must be your first bet placed under that link in that app. But once you get that, now we're off to Green Dot City, baby. <laughs> Let's have a good day. Congratulations to FanDuel going online here in Indiana. Congratulations to all of us being able to gamble mm-hmm. legally without having to get checks from Uzbekistan. I'm sure Uzbekistan's a good country, but it's nice to know where your money's coming from from your friends at FanDuel. Turn to the <laughs> Babble, the language learning app that will get you speaking a new language quickly and with confidence. Speak a new language with confidence. Choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Babbel is designed to quickly get you speaking your new language within weeks. Babbel's teaching method, speech recognition technology, has been proven to be effective across multiple studies. Not just one basic-ass study, multiple studies. The convenient lessons that Babbel gives are only 10 to 15 minutes. Learn through interactive dialogue so you can perfect your pronunciation and accent. Lessons are lovingly created by over 100 language experts. Yes, those are real people. Not by a translation machine. Available as an app or online and your progress will be synced across all devices. Be bold, be fun, and learn a new language. Because you listen to this show, which we sure don't know why, Babbel has a very special offer for you. Go to Babbel.com and select the language of your choice. Once you try for free and are ready to sign up, select the three-month option, and Babbel will give you three additional months for free with promo code PAT. That's right. You will get six months for the cost of three with promo code PAT. Go to B-A-B-B-E-O.com, promo code PAT. Babbel, speak a new language with confidence. Ty's in the middle of learning German right now. He watched that high man in the high castle hill. Ah. Nine. Ah. That's Russian. That's no. Zito can't speak Spanish. Grew up in a Spanish-speaking house, but he just translated some Russian there. That's interesting. He'll be learning more languages in a convenient 10 to 15-minute lessons. You'll be able to do it, too. That's babble.com. Promo code PAT. I believe we're being joined by Josh Sitton at some point. Is he on right now? Yeah, we so, got him right now. Absolute legend of a man. He joined us a couple weeks ago, and his brain was mesmerizing. The way he speaks about football is through the eyes of an all-pro offensive lineman. A man who won a Super Bowl. He's handsome. He runs a real estate business. Joining us, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Sitton. What up, Josh? Yeah, we're good. boy, Josh. Oh, my God. He's coming to us live from his man cave, I believe, where he has jerseys on top of jerseys behind him. How are you, Josh? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good. By the way, everything that you were saying 
Uh, the last time you were on the show has basically come to fruition about the Browns not having an offensive line, that type of stuff happening. What are your eyes on the NFC right now after the trades that happened to the 49ers getting another weapon with Emmanuel Sanders, to the Seahawks getting a good safety, to Drew Brees coming back for the Saints? Do you feel as if the Packers are still in the commanding uh, position in the NFC, or do you think these other teams got definitely better yesterday? Well, I'll say this. I hope Drew Brees plays this week because I just picked him up in fantasy. Um, so I'm rooting, rooting for you, Drew. Um, I still think the Packers. I still think the Packers. Uh, Packers and Saints are the are the lead dogs. I was actually just looking at San Fran's schedule. They still haven't played a single good team, and they don't play any. They don't have a challenge until they play the Seahawks, and then they have a three game stretch um, starting in November, where they've got the Packers, uh, Ravens. Um, and Saints, and that's going to be their test. And I, I don't think they're up for the challenge. Uh, they're great on defense, but um, I don't think Jimmy G can get it done. And uh, this league is a quarterback league, and when it comes down to it, your quarterback has to win the game for you um, come playoff time. And uh, I think the the Packers and the Saints obviously have the better quarterbacks. Okay, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur. A video creeped out uh, of him and LaFleur talking before the game this past weekend where he said to LaFleur, I want five today. And LaFleur said back to him, I want six. Then there was a video of the post-victory locker room where LaFleur gave him the game ball, called him an old man. Do you feel as if Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur are becoming best of friends? And how good news is that for uh, Green Bay Packers fans and owners? I do. I really do. It's uh, I keep up with the Packers, obviously, and I, I read little snippets here and there, and and you can see Aaron just kissing Lafleur's ass and his, uh, you know, and his comments left and right. It's almost, um, almost, almost shocking because that's not, you know, it's not his style. Um, so I, I can tell that relationship is going well from what I hear from a few of the guys. Um, Aaron is completely bought into everything. He's trying to win. He's um, doing whatever it takes, um, and that's a that's a scary combination because he is the most talented quarterback probably to ever play the game. Um, you know, probably until Patty Patty Mahomes came out. But um, that that team is really good, scary good, great defense, and and. He's buying into everything, and they're dangerous. All right, let's pivot real quick. I agree with everything you just said there. You're a genius. It sounds like uh, I'm going to just try to write down everything you say and take it as my own and sound smarter for myself. But the um, <laughs> let's pivot to the Denver Broncos. Something happened with Emmanuel Sanders after the Titans game in the Broncos locker room. John Elway said that they traded him, and the locker room knows why. Everybody knows why. It's not the culture we're trying to build here. We're trying to win. I've been around the game a long time. As have you. What do you think that could potentially mean? In my eyes, he said something to a coach. He did something in that locker room. There was maybe a disagreement. Maybe he said, I don't want to play here anymore. That story will eventually leak out. But I think that was very telling of John Elway to mention those words without giving a full description. Yeah, you don't usually see uh, GMs come out and making comments like that. Um, I'm sure Emmanuel's sick of losing and sick of be being on a bad team and he probably let his emotions get the get the worst of him. Um, you know, it happened to me many a times playing playing in this league. Um, and you know, he probably said something to a coach or maybe even the GM or somebody. Um, and I mean, it's just it's time for them that they, they got to rebuild. They're not, you know, Joe Flacco is not their future. So whoa, it, uh, whoa. it's uh, <laughs> it's time for them to rebuild, and it was perfect timing. And it's a great weapon for uh, great weapon for Jimmy G. 
Speaking of rebuilding, the Atlanta Falcons are going to have to blow that entire place up. I mean, that, that defense, which was once incredible, now stinks. Matt Ryan's hurt. Their offense stinks. They get rid of Mohamed Sanu. They ship him out to the Patriots, who somehow get even better in the middle of the season. It makes no sense to me. Whenever you look at the Patriots adding another weapon, how will they be able to keep everybody happy? And who will be able to stop Tom Brady and that Patriots team? What is it going to take to beat the Patriots, you think? Or is it even possible? At this point, how do you bet against them? I, I just don't. I don't think it's it's possible in the AFC since uh, Pat went down. Uh, he was the he was the best shot at it. Obviously, I mean that's not a not a hot take. That's pretty pretty simple. Yeah. Um, but that that that, de- that whole team is led by that defense, and Tom doesn't have to do everything that he's had to do in the past. Um, and that defense, it doesn't have any superstars. But man, these guys are confusing as hell playing against them. Uh, last year with the Dolphins, the looks they give you are just, they're almost unbeatable. Um, and it just goes to show you how smart that, that coaching staff is. Bill Belichick is a freaking genius. Uh, he is hands down the best coach to ever coach the game. There's not even a, a close second. Um, they game play in each and every week specifically, and you don't see that out of other teams. He gets the guys ready. Each, each week is an individual game plan, and you don't really see that um, – from other teams, so it's uh, it's scary, and you know Tom's going to make Sanu a, a friggin' Pro Bowler. Well, it's it's scary to think about. Just I mean, when they got Antonio Brown, everybody was like, "What the." I mean, what is going on? Now they got another guy who's just as explosive, and I think he's an incredibly intelligent human, so he'll be able to pick up yeah. with that Patriots offense very, very fast, which is good news for him. Um, whenever he played against, well, not he, the Patriots played against Sam Darnold. Just like you said, that defense disguises things and brings things that nobody can really understand, especially young quarterbacks. In NFL films and Monday Night Football, let Sam Darnold's quote of saying, I'm seeing ghosts, go on national television, which I was mind-blown by. I was Because normally it's like, uh, 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 good touchdown. So whenever they let that out, I was like, yo, they're trying to bury Sam Darnold. And by the way, it did. I mean, it caught yeah. on. They're not happy about it. Nobody's happy about it. Have you you ever had a hilarious mic'd up situation and what is the golden rule whenever people are mic'd up uh first of all poor fella that's gonna that's gonna stick with him like the butt fumble did with sanchez <laughs> for sure. um uh let's see two years ago i got a holding call i was pulling around and i made a great block pancake the guy and i got a holding call and the mic caught me saying mother yeah freaker <laughs> yep and uh, it was uh, it was pretty funny. Everybody was texting me after the game. But yeah, there's there's plenty of those. I would uh, I'd be mortified if that tape from the center because the center's mic'd up every game, and I'm right next to the center when I was playing. I'd hate for those those tapes to leak out someday. Somebody has those though. Like you know, yeah. Snapchat, that's ter- right? That's terrifying. Yeah, they're gonna do they're gonna do NFL films in 30 years, and I'm just gonna be cringing with anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh Sitton going into the Hall of Fame. Let's take a look back on some of the stuff that didn't air during Josh Sitton's career. You mother... Just <laughs> anger everywhere. It's a tough position, though, because you're in this incredibly competitive environment with humans that are trying to rip your head off, and then they put a microphone in there, and then people who have never been in there are just expecting you to act like a normal individual, and that's just not the way it goes. I feel incredibly bad for Sam Darnold, to be honest with you, because I think when he said, I'm seeing ghosts, he obviously meant he thought he was seeing one coverage and it was something completely different. But all it sounds like is he was just scared to death of Bill Belichick and the Patriots. 
Oh, I feel so bad for him. Uh, he's he's never going to live that down. Ever. And the thing is, every other quarterback that's freaking played these guys is seeing ghosts too. So, <laughs> you know, he's, just all, he's the only one that just got caught saying it. So, he's a uh, poor fella is all I can say. I, I didn't know you have a camo hoodie on, you have a camo hat on, you have an incredible beard right now. What is this Wednesday looking like for you? Are you just going out in the woods and killing something right now, or what do you got going on? I wish. I dropped my daughter off for school, and then I've got my son. My wife's out of town, so daddy daddy daycare for a few days. Well, I am very thankful not only for you being a great dad, being a great football player, but I am very hopeful that you will continue to join us on here because your brain is an incredible one. Do you think the Browns did anything to make their off? Okay, here's a quick question. we got like two minutes, and I think you can explain this. The last time you came on, you said the offensive line for the Browns is the problem. You can have two bad O-linemen. You can't have three bad O-linemen, especially with a young quarterback who doesn't have the wisdom yet. They had a bye week. What could Freddie Kitchens have done during the bye week that could potentially help their team be much more successful, even though they're walking into the Patriots this week and they probably have no shot to begin with? Go offer the Redskins two first-round picks for Trent Williams. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, they're they're not going to get better. And teams aren't trading O-linemen away. It's so hard to get good O-linemen in this league because the college coaching sucks so bad with offensive linemen that it's very, very difficult to find good O-linemen in this league. What uh, is, the, is it technique? Is it the bodies? What is it that is not being coached? Technique and the systems that they're running. They, all they have to do is – uh, block a guy for a second, and um, they just position block. And instead of moving people, they just kind of get in the way and turn their bodies, and uh, that doesn't translate. And that's why you, you see offensive linemen, it takes them longer and longer uh, to, to play early on in their careers. And that's why teams aren't trading. Um, I was surprised to see Larry Tunsil get traded to the Texans, but, you know, the Dolphins are giving away everybody. So Tanking. They're tank, 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 tanking. <laughs> That Bengals team stinks, Josh, too. I, I mean, they, we're not talking about them. They suck, too. I mean, uh, the Dolphins Terrible. are trying to stink. And that Bengals team, I think they're trying to be they're, good. They're really bad. Another team that we're not talking about is the Colts, your old team. That, that team's a good freaking team. I think they're going to win the Super Let's Bowl, go. Josh. I, I'm telling you, they. I didn't I didn't see it early <laughs> on. I didn't have a lot of faith in uh, Brissett, but he's, uh, he's playing great right now, and that defense is awesome. Marlon Max a baller, and that O line is freaking badass. So. By the way, that's the reci- that's the recipe to win, right? That's the recipe to win. That's the recipe to win in the playoffs, right? Yeah, absolutely. They'll they'll make the second round. All right, Josh. Uh, I think they're winning the Super Bowl. And I don't need your negativity right now. This has been an incredible interview. I can't thank you enough, ladies and gentlemen from Daddy Daycare, a legend, uh, Josh Shitton. Thank you so much, Josh. Appreciate you, man. All right, thanks, guys. He's so good, dude. We had a disastrous time at the World Series last night. And when I say that, I mean it. We weren't able to get into the game. We sat at security for two hours until the fifth inning. Got there before Simone Biles' opening pitch where she did like a 360 flippy thing that would have been awesome to see. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get in because we got our tickets from the MLB and not SeatGeek. Two hours of waiting, two hours of people going through my phone trying to figure out the MLB ballpark app, which has a 1.7 rating, should have. (laughs) I wish I had two more hands so I could give that app four thumbs down. (laughs) It is. It was a disastrous evening. We finally get inside. And the MLB representatives that ran our tickets in there to us because our tickets were in the cloud. 
Right. So we couldn't get the tickets. They somebody emailed me tickets from the MLB. The zone said, "Hey, we got you. We uh, got a good relationship with the MLB. We have the change-up show. We stream their rights. We can get you tickets." I was like, "You know, we have SeatGeek as like one of our main sponsors." We can, they're like, "No, the MLB. These should be client tickets. They should be good." They email us these tickets. To get these tickets, I thought I would just open them up and get the barcode. We'd just walk right in. Sure. Didn't know that it wasn't that until we got directly through the security to the ticket person. I opened up the email, and it's like, oh, now you got to download the MLB Ballpark app. <laughs> yeah. So I download the MLB Ballpark app Re- relatively quickly, by the way. Good service there. Get that. Now I have to verify that that Ballpark app is linked to the tickets that we're getting. Okay, I verify that. Then I have to link the tickets from that one to the app. Okay, then I link that. Then I have to go onto the website, verify that that app is me, that I linked the tickets, and I confirmed it. Then I do that. Then I go back to my app where it says there should be the tickets in your wallet. No tickets. So then every human on earth that worked for the Houston Astros and the MLB last night for two hours was telling me how to utilize. Do you know how to turn on the Wi-Fi? They were telling me. (laughs) Do you know how to reset your phone? Can you close out the app? Do you know how to do that? Yeah, I closed out the MLB ballpark app no less than 145 times in two hours. I had about seven to eight different people trying to go through it. And all the while, myself, all the boys... Matt Hasselbeck, Molly McGrath, Adam Amin didn't go, but us, we're all standing in just a 10-foot by 10-foot area, kind of held in purgatory for two hours, not a single screen of the game in sight, only sounds of what's happening out there. Mm-hmm. It was a disaster. We have it, we're going to make a mini film out of this thing. Mm-hmm. And it was the day I realized that you should never not use SeatGeek. Even if you go directly to the league, you're going to get screwed. Because we go into the thing after waiting two hours, after having my phone fingered by no less than 45 people, after me walking back and forth while this whole purgatory thing, I let everybody walk in front of me. You know, hey, you go first. You know, hey, I'm the one that got all these tickets. I apologize for this. Wait, it's kind of an embarrassing situation. You guys go first. Hasselbeck walks in there first, whatever. The MLB representatives start apologizing to Matt Hasselbeck. <laughs> Start apologizing to Molly. Start offering up free drinks, free food, whatever you need. Don't even introduce themselves to us. Don't even introduce them to me. Nothing. Don't even shake my hand. Don't apologize to me. Nothing. This guy named Greg, who works for the Houston Astros, is my least favorite human on earth right now. (laughs) He he didn't even shake my hand. I mean, literally didn't even do nothing. They understood that this was an MLB issue, that this was their fault. Everybody agreed on the same situation here. Didn't even introduce himself to me. Only talked to Matt, which I get. Matt Hasselbeck is a very handsome guy, 18-year NFL quarterback. But he was a guest of mine. Like, this was me having these problems, pal. It was like you were turtle in the entourage. Exactly. No respect at all. No, no, no. The guy turned his back to me at one point. And I literally walked up to him. It was like probably five minutes after he just didn't introduce himself to us or whatever. All of us. We were just basically Mm -hmm. Hasselbeck's entourage, which, by the way, I mean, there's worse things to be, I guess, than Matt Hasselbeck's entourage. I guess there is. There's worse things than that. So at one point, I said to him, I was like, hi, my name's Pat, and you can fornicate, apologize to me, too. And he laughed in my face and then turned his back to me and then continued to talk to Matt Hasselbeck about where he could get a hat. I was like, who? Nobody wants to buy a $90 hat right now, pal. Our seats weren't the original seats. We're in, like, row 34, but it was incredible. It was awesome to get in there. We get in there the fifth inning. We get a chance to see about an inning and a half of good baseball, and then the Nationals just took the top off the damn thing. And I think it's on record as being the worst World Series game in history. So we waited two hours to get into the worst World Series game in history, and then we left before the ninth inning. 
Yeah. It was a long night. Terrible night. It was cool to, once we got in there. It was very cool. I've, obviously, I'd never been to a World Series game before. The atmosphere was electric, especially there at the little gate area with the detention area that we were in. We were literally in a purgatory. Five. It was a purgatory but area. But once in the park, beautiful park, the people were a buzz. It was electric for one inning, and then the shelling began. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. We got out get, of control very quickly. I guess we didn't get to see a lot of the good stuff there in the first four innings. I guess some good stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty Schmidt went away with a Houston Astros hat, but he definitely was not pulling for the Astros in there, especially <laughs> after that Greg guy. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, they were massive underdogs, the Nationals were, so it was you know, too good of a uh, situation not to bet on them. So I did. And, um, like, hey, we've been saying it for a while. Team of Destiny. Team of Destiny. Yeah. Adnan Virk said yesterday he didn't believe in it. Uh, they just took the Astros top two horses to the glue factory the last two nights like they might they might sweep them uh the world series is very interesting because foxy and i had this decision yesterday uh foxy canceled michigan by the way yeah cancel it all you're done he's cancel michigan state cancel jim harbaugh cancel all detroit sports they stink and ford trucks obviously stink okay so foxy that's on the podcast he goes on one of the most epic rants i've ever heard foxy go on by the way there's a little bit of fire but it's something he believes in last night you and i agreed Mm-hmm. Seventh, eighth inning—I forget what it was. Yeah, we looked at each other because there was other conversations happening around us as the fans were just filing out of the stadium, which potentially is their last game of the year. There, mm-hmm. just walking it out, mm-hmm. down six or eight, whatever it was at the time. I look at Foxy, and Foxy looks at me. I go, "Baseball stinks, doesn't it?" And Foxy goes, "Baseball does stink." <laughs> and then I was like, "But if they hit ten runs in this ninth inning, it's the best sport of all time." Yep. Turns out they didn't. So we we're one hundred percent right. Baseball sucks. Stinks. It sucks. It's so bad. I don't know how anybody likes it, Ty. Yeah, I have no I, clue how anybody likes that that sport. But you're letting last night's experience kind of taint it a little bit. I mean, uh, hey, I wouldn't do that. Hey, <laughs> I don't overreact. Think, think of the hospitality we got at Yankee Stadium. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a flip side to that. There's some teams that just do it right, and then there's some teams that just refuse to do it right. Turns out the Astros are, are the latter, not the former. Zito won a bunch of money from these little uh, betting games we did during the Yeah, game. he was oh, hot. Yeah. They gave me Jose Chan at one point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was for you. You're right. Yeah. Jose Altuve just so happens to be... <laughs> uh, the same has the same name as Jose Zito Perez, yep. and they had a... Jose, 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 Jose. Chant uh, early whenever they were still in it. And boy, well, I guess it was like fifth inning. It was They were still in it. <laughs> and um, Zito lit up. Honestly, I thought there was a time there where Zito, Zito, I actually thought you thought that that was for you, I think, at one point. I was just like, uh, what do you call it? Like those guys that fall in the Coliseum. I just put my hands up and I was ready to go. Yeah. Uh, Gladiator? Yes. Those guys that fought in the Coliseum. (laughs) I remember the most important part. Anyway, so that's how we feel about the Astros in the World Series. Mm -hmm. That guy, Greg's the worst guy working. I don't know who he is. He's a punk. Dude, I felt so bad, too, because there's nothing less that you would want to do than to deal with your phone and other people. You were walking around the stadium trying to get these tickets. Then we finally do get the tickets, and Greg walks up to Hasselback. Punks me. Because all of us were sitting back while you're doing all of the work, and we're just cracking jokes about it. Well, and the people at the window that treat you like... Maybe it's your fault you don't know how to use your phone. First uh, of all, you're very good at your phone. Yes. There were, and we brought everyone you could possibly want expert-wise to look at it. People <laughs> from the MLB. We had uh, engineers from our side. They flew in an engineer from Apple, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> to go through it. So it was like, it's not our fault. Well, then they told us that they can't just give us the tickets because they could see the tickets on the screen. 
but they couldn't just give us the tickets because the MLB gave us the tickets and they put it on lock, so nobody at the building could do anything yeah. until somebody from the MLB. And then somebody from the MLB came, mm -hmm. and they were the people that apologized to Hasselbeck and Molly and gave them uh, free drinks <laughs> and stuff. Dapped him up. <laughs> it was just an unbelievable situation. It was unbelievable. It'll be a mini film. It'll be a uh, a tragedy. Is what is it called? A tragedy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. It'll be a dramatic tragedy mm -hmm. of the day we thought we didn't have to use SeatGeek, and instead, a nightmare happened. Yeah. Lesson learned. <laughs> That's such a bad fake laugh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do something. I want you to tell me what movie it was from. <laughs> Sandy. That a boy Zito. One of Adam Sandler's movies that got ripped off and should have won at least 10 awards unbelievable got like 700 million views on Netflix no awards did you watch it Ty? no I haven't seen it Will are Sasso you kidding me? It, so. <laughs> well Tim Donahue said Will Sasso is about to be an Academy Award winner Will Sasso Will Sasso he said his name wrong yeah he didn't know his name but <laughs> I don't know if that was the accent I think it was the accent by the way that Tim Donahue interview was fucking wild bro Landing gear just went down. Some air brakes just took us from 800 miles an hour to probably, I don't know, probably 300, 400 miles an hour right now, I assume. This is fucking outrageous how fast we were going earlier. I still don't understand how these things get up in the fucking sky. I don't fully understand it. The guy told me it's like, a, like when you hold the end of a hose and you shoot the water out. There's some theory that is used with that explanation. That's how their fucking plane is flying. That's interesting to me. I don't know what the hose is. I don't know which one's my thumb. But I'm just hoping it's a little bit more consistent than when I used to spray my fucking car down. This is insane. We would like to talk to you today about something that draws fear for many a man. Whenever it's time to trim the kitten caboodle, sometimes you can be scared that you're going to nick your ball sack. Hey, thanks for looking out, lady. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. But there's always this fear, and I thought she was going to talk about it there, to be honest. She was like, listen, please keep all hands and arms inside the vehicle. Use the seatbelt thingy if this happens. And also, don't be scared to nick your nuts anymore because Manscaped has come along to save the day in the trimming of the kitten caboodle section of life. No more fear of nicking your ball sack while manscaping. The Perfect Package 2.0 kit that features the Lawnmower 2.0 with skin-safe technology, this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. The Lawnmower 2.0 is the thing that I talked about that somehow they patented this thing that it is impossible to nick yourself. It's just a smooth, silky shaving experience. I shaved my entire lower body. I started with there, and I, went, I did my knees. I did the whole thing, calves. 
I couldn't help it because the lawnmower was just plowing right through the hair with no fear at all. It's 100% waterproof and shock resistant. Precision, <laughs> precision tools for your family jewels. You've got to open your mouth when you say the word precision. It can't just kind of rumble through that one. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off free shipping and a free travel bag with code PAT at manscaped.com. That's code PAT at manscaped.com. We just landed and Ty got launched into the sea in front of us. This bird is so fast. It's like the avatar bird that's above all the other birds that Jacob Solly rodeos at the end. That's what we're on. I think it's a rather short runway too there. I just got I just got beat up by this plane uh, great show today Ty by the way thanks for everything you did thanks for everybody listening to the show thanks to all of our guests it was another awesome week um, should be a pretty big weekend as well let's enjoy this life Ty Schmidt hey tweet us by the way send some tweets over the weekend keep in touch we'd like to hear from you Ty Schmidt, hit the independent music. By the way, if you have independent music, we are looking for independent music because we can't play real music because we're not working with a company in the podcast business that has a lot of lawyers that uh, basically tell us we're going to get shut down if we use any music. So, it's time to put on new independent artists. If you won't sue us, send us your tracks. Ty Schmidt, play one of those. Cheers.